Welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Gunjani Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalize mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithm so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello, welcome to another brand new episode of Traumatic Transformations. So today it's going to be a little different. I have with us an amazing, amazing person and expert in the field of, you know, stress, overwhelm, and everything that involves the body. So I'm really excited to have Dr. Janine Krause. She's an acupuncturist, naturopathic doctor, and the host of the Health Fix podcast. She's on a mission to share what works and what doesn't in the natural and functional medicine world to help you simplify your health, fitness, and nutrition so you can go back to focusing on enjoying your life. A lot of times we find ourselves in so much stress and overwhelm that we stay stuck and she's here to give us tips, tricks, and strategies to help us better manage ourselves, our lives in terms of nutrition, fitness, and health. So let's dive right into it. And thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Krause. Thanks, Kinjini. I appreciate it as well. This is going to be fun. Yes, can't (laughs) wait. I love your energy. I love listening to your podcast. So I can't wait to have you on mine now and (laughs) talk to my audience about all the things that you do with your clients, because I'm truly, truly a big believer like you into the whole mind, body, spirit, and brain connections, because they're all connected. If we're all, you know, harmonious in all of those levels, then, you know, we live a good life. But if any one of those things are off, they causes a lot of stress. So thank you for talking to us all about that um, today. Well, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, Let's, yeah. uh, Let's dive into some good stuff. Yes. So tell us a little bit about your experience into the whole fight or flight and the stress and overwhelm that we feel in our mind or in our brain and our bodies when we go through certain traumatic effects. I want you to sort of just give us a little bit of a background on what happens to our health overall, mind, body, and brain. 
Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that the first thing that kind of happens is the mind kind of, it's almost like a shortened circuit, right? Mm. The mind kind of gets like this, like kind of thing going on, even though we might not feel that we have that short circuit where we might be having trouble finding words. We might be like in a room and go, now, what did I come in this room for? Mm. And you know, I mean, sometimes that happens, but I mean, this is like day in, day out. You keep walking in rooms and you're like, what was I going to get in here again? Or, you know, we're losing the cell phone, we're losing the keys, all that stuff's happening. Or we might be actually having trouble concentrating. So we might be like, do I have ADD? Do I have, you know, what, what's all going on? Right. And really it's because your brain is trying to keep up with you and all of the things you're doing. Yes. And and this is a response that happens when your body's trying to deal with excess cortisol and mm. excess norepinephrine and epinephrine floating around. So your adrenaline, if you guys haven't heard of epinephrine, norepinephrine, it's all adrenaline. It's yes. it's that stuff that gets you away from the bear or the tiger or the lion. But since, well, hopefully no one has those chasing them. But at this point, <laughs> these are the things that our bodies are designed to get away from. So if we are actually our own bear, tiger, lion, et cetera, because we're, we're packing our schedules too tight, we've got like things nailed down to the T one after the other, of course, you're not going to know what's going on next. Your brain's like, wait, wait a minute, what just happened? Right. And so, yeah, names are going to be hard to come up with. You might say words weird. I've actually said interesting things to my husband. So here's a good, here's a good one that I did about maybe like a month ago when I was super stressed out, I go to my husband, this, instead of saying this looks weird, I said, this has weird on it. And my husband's like, what did you just say? Not that it looks weird. It has weird on it. And he's like, okay, now he never lets me, you know, like, this is like him going, like, I'm like, keep saying it over and over again. And he'll be like, something funny, right? got weird on it so these are the things that happen when we're stressed out we say weird stuff sometimes and we don't mean to say what we say we're saying it's kind of like we get to this point where we're going like oh my gosh am I losing my mind yeah am I do I have dementia do I have you know am I having a stroke yeah because sometimes I'll get to the point where the words just won't come out and I'm sure you might have experienced this as well oh I quite a bit, actually. So I'm really glad that we're talking about this, you know, that, you know, two things that I'm taking away from this, and I really want to focus on, it's like, even we as professionals, when we're used to doing certain things in our lives, and we teach it and preach it every day, all day, we go through it as well, because A, we're humans. And B, you know, we also sometimes forget to, hey, this is an alert system, good thing now we know the answers to this, most of the people, unfortunately, don't know the answers to it. So they struggle. And I'm so glad we're discussing this here. But the other thing, it's like, at least we, if we know that this is happening in our lives, it gives us an opportunity to look into it and work on it and resolve it. So I'm going to have you then talk about that in a second. But the other thing that you also mentioned is just, you know, when we feel stressed or when we feel overwhelmed and we have a lot going on in our lives, which most of the time, day to day, we just happen to, you know, go through a lot in our lives, um, what are some of the things that you would suggest? It's a two-part question. So I'm going to, I just want to talk about it so that I don't forget. Um, But let's focus on the first part that you did mention before. Sure, sure. So looking at how do you, how do you treat this? How do you kind of, how do you kind of get over this? Well, you got to, you got to look for your triggers. You really do have to do a little self-analysis here and be like, whoa, okay. 
this is definitely a sign that I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm saying weird things. I'm not able to think clearly. You know, another big one too, and, and, and we can get into this, and this is me personally. I'm giving you guys the, the goods here as to what happens with me. I'll tend to overeat or I'll start yes. binging a little bit and stuff, just stuff whatever I can in. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Why did I just eat enough food for like three days in right. one sitting? These are all trigger, like things that, you know, you had a trigger you, and now you have signs that you are overwhelmed. And so taking a note of all of these things and going back and going, okay, what triggered me? Mm -hmm. Did I have a PTSD thought? Yep. Did I have, you know, a, a little trauma? Like, like you say, the little T, you yep. know, yep. did a bunch of little T's build up? Okay. Yep. The more that you can actually look back and go, oh crap, okay, this is what is happening right now. Or with the eating, you know, did you not eat all day? Well, there's one thing. Did you, you know, what what kind of happened? So right, my right. first response to folks is to in a way to treat this is we've got to go back and go, what was the trigger and and connect it to your symptoms. Yeah. The more yeah. that you have that self-awareness, the more you're going to be able to counter it and prevent it. Yes, and then yes. the next thing that you were saying was how, how do we kind of look at it during the day? Right. Part right. of it, you know, I, I'm no, I'm not the genius in this department. A lot of people have talked about being trigger proof and stress proof and, and stress proofing your day, Yep. but it's routines. It really yeah. boils down to the most basic stuff. What time do you wake up? What time do you go to bed? What happens in between? I mean, mm. it's one of those things. And we all have, I love what you say. So we all have. 24 hours a day and I'm very big on this because I'm very big on you know um not actually as a matter of fact I was just listening to a podcast on how to be proof of stress and anxiety forever and I think I'll follow up your episode with that mm -hmm. but you know it's just how to be um it's really important that we recognize we feel anxious or feel stressed or feel overwhelmed and what are some of the things that you would recommend putting into our routines or in our daily practice that sort of you know it doesn't keep us in that high alert fight or freeze you know response at all times because we all know what not having good relaxation responses or good parasympathetic system which is a relaxation system of our body and the parasympathetic system is the stress response of our body which is activated a lot of times most of the time whether it's financial reasons whether it's children whether it's parenting whether it's relationship with people around you at work you know your people at home whether you know it is the your career or work stressing you out there are so many stressors in a given day that one goes through so if they're not stress proof and don't know how to handle or manage that stress what are some of the relaxation parasympathetic responses that you would tell to incorporate in our routines so there's there's quite a different you know there's quite a bunch of them but one of the ones that i like to recommend are the ones that are super easy Yes. And you can inject into your day because sitting down and meditating for 10 minutes, you got to work up to that. Like yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the first to say that I can't meditate for 10 mm -hmm. minutes. And I know a lot of people are like, don't say you can't meditate. Okay. Yes. Let's put it this way. And a lot I, of people can't, and I'm very big on meditation. So I'm glad that you are giving your perspective on what that means and looks like yes. for people who are wanting to begin, but right. you know, it keeps them from beginning. Yeah. Yeah. You got to start somewhere, you know, can, can I get myself to calm down for five minutes? Sure. Can I get myself to, to do a different form of meditation, yes. which is kicking around a soccer ball for 10 minutes? Heck yes. 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 And so it's baby steps. Right. And like what I'm usually looking at is we, we all have to eat mm. and we all have time. Hopefully when, as you're working in these things, you, you set your meal times, breakfast, lunch, dinner, but what you want to do is you want to pause like 30 seconds to a minute before you start shoveling the food in 
-hmm. and just take a big old breath, let it out, just sit there for a second, then start eating. And the reason this works really well is because it is a parasympathetic driven response to eat, right? This is our rest and digest. But if we go into food and we're like shoveling it in while we're driving down the road or we're standing at the kitchen counter and yeah. you know right over the sink and we're just like shoveling the food in before we go to the next sink, we aren't engaging the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm. And a lot of us will be thinking about, well, how do we calm the sympathetic? I think that's not, I think it's, we need to strengthen the parasympathetic throughout yes. the day. Yes, 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 yes. I love that. Um, so what are some of the things that you normally see because you're, uh, you know, acupuncturist and Chinese medicine specialist and amazing when it comes to body. So what are some of the things that you see happening in people who are stressed out that comes to you, comes to your office? Because I'm very big on, yes, trauma is a big part of your life. And if you don't resolve it, you carry a lot of that in your body. And then we see all these bodily reactions and ailments, physical ailments as a result of un, you know, um, processed trauma or unresolved trauma. So talk to me a little bit about body and what happens to, to the, our bodies. So one of the ones we might not actually connect as much is digestive issues and food sensitivities. Mm. A lot of times, the more someone becomes stressed, the more that the digestive system isn't able to process like mm. it should. So instead of taking the food sensitivities for being, you know, what they are, food sensitivities, a lot of people will be like, well, maybe I should just stop eating or maybe I should start, you know, this is, but it's like, wait a minute, let's back up a minute. Why did you get the food sensitivities? How fast do you eat? Mm. You know, are you eating processed foods a lot because you don't have time to make food? Mm. Is that what's happening there? A lot of people will look at the food sensitivities and be like, I can never eat these foods again. Oh my gosh, they're true allergies. They're not. It's just your body's response to stress beating up your digestive system lining. Mm. We know the connection between IBS and stress. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. And, we, and Crohn's. Autoimmune diseases, autoinflammation diseases are very stress triggered. Yes. Yes. And I think a lot of people tend to forget about that a little bit. At first, it'll be like, no, it was the food that caused the problem. It's not the food. It's, it's the circumstances in which you ate the foods and the stress compounding the situation. Uh, and of course, I'm sure you tell folks just as much as me, the belly is your first brain, your brain's your second brain. Yes. So yes. All the gut bacteria, all the digestion, all the you know things that are happening as a result of stress, because one of the things that happens um, and just my neuroscience nerdiness about this is that when we go through fight or flight, one of the first things that shuts down is our circulate is our blood to our stomach is because when you're about to be eaten by a cyber tooth tiger, you don't want to sit there and think about eating and digestion. All the blood is rushing to your muscles and your extremities, which is the place where run happens. So if you're under stress, we don't think about it like this, but there is a reason why we feel all these things and all these things are off balance uh, in our body is because what stress and what trauma and what a not strong parasympathetic system can do to our bodies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Food sensitivities, acid reflux, gas and bloating, even at the, the extreme levels, a lot of people will be going down these extreme pathways of killing bacteria in their gut mm -hmm. and they don't get better. So what and are it, some of the things you recommend? 
I actually, when I, when I work with folks that have SIBO, so small mm -hmm. intestine bowel overgrowth, my first and foremost thing before I go on a rampage of killing bugs in their gut, I'm actually like, if we don't get your stress under control, we're not getting anywhere. Cause wow. I've been, I've been a naturopath now almost, let's see, shoot, it's going on 14 years and I'm sick of giving people a ton of herbs right. and things don't get better. Right. And when I was like, oh, wait a minute, I'm not treating the stress side of it. Yes. No wonder they're not getting better because yes. I didn't get the root of the issue. Yes. Root, the pun mm -hmm. intended here, given what you do. But yes. that's clearly so true because, and that affects a lot of my mental health people as well, because if you don't manage stress well, you don't tend to, you know, um, get a lot of your mind, body, brain synchronicity that needs to happen as a result of your well-being, just period, physical, mental, and spiritual, psychological well-being. So what are some of the things that um, you find in terms of acupuncture? Because I know you're big into mm -hmm. that as well. So what are some of the things that you do that you recommend for people? Because I'm very big on holistic healing. Different healing processes work for different people. So what are some of the things that you... Uh, your thoughts on that. Sure, sure. I love acupuncture because it's one of the tools in which I can get folks to become what I call unstuck mm. without having to do a lot of therapy in the moment. And, and I work with a counselor here in town mm. who will be like, okay, you need to go see her to help us move you past this particular situation that you're hung up on. We just need yes. to move you. Yes. And, and when I say move you, what the heck, how does acupuncture do this? It's not woo woo. I mean, literally we've got needles and I'm going to give you my hand here. For example, we have yes. needles and we put them into the skin. This yep. point in particular, a lot of people know this one for headaches, but what it is, is it's a large intestine point that's been connected to moving blood. What does the large intestine do for us? Well, it helps us poop stuff out and get all that junk out. It helps us let go. Mm -hmm. And so when you're putting a needle in, you're getting blood flow moving throughout the body. When we are stuck emotionally, mentally, physically, it's lack of blood flow at the most basic level that yeah. we can break it down to. Mm -hmm. Acupuncture helps move your blood when you can't do it for yourself. Absolutely. So, that's how I, I will see it. And there's certain points there's based on what your pulses feel like. So you got, you have six pulses, mm -hmm. ones that correlate on the left side here. This is heart, liver, kidney. Mm -hmm. And on the right side, we've got lung digestive system, kidney to this side. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking to see what's out of balance. So not only am I using moving, I'm using some supporting points as well. Things that correlate to the heart the pericardium mm. so the area around the heart and lung is a biggie as well for helping folks because lung in the chinese world is the container of grief wow. so if we we treat the lung channel we can work on grief and processing so if i know the background in terms of where someone's at in their stress cycle or where they're at in recovery from ptsd where they're at working with things i can pinpoint what particular points they might be most benefited from to move them forward out of that stuck state. Interesting. Wow. Very, I did not realize the connection between lungs and grief because that's something, yeah. and you know, I'm very big on grief. We, we, I heavily focus on that on this podcast because that's one of the things that we have a hard time with. And if we don't understand it correctly, we don't allow ourselves to process the whole experience of grief and loss in our lives. So I'm very intrigued by what you had to say in terms of lungs and grief connection. That's 
quite interesting. I did not did not know that. So what are some of the things, because a lot of people don't know what acupuncture is. So just to recap is that you put tiny, tiny needles. It looks very painful, um, but it is not <laughs> a painful process, I guess, because the needles are tiny and you just um, penetrate to the very first few layers of skin, I'm guessing. I, I don't know the details of that. So if you can just give us an idea so that people are not freaked out by the idea of acupuncture. Absolutely. So it depends on where you're, what you're doing, right? And it depends sure. on where you're at in the body because we have different layers of skin just as much as we have different layers of energy. Mm -hmm. And when I'm working with someone, the needles, by the way, folks, are 10 times smaller than your blood drawn needle. Mm. And they're solid. They're not hollow. So we're not going to be sucking anything out. It's yep. just the needle goes in. I'm not putting energy in you. I'm not doing anything. It's all to stimulate blood flow within mm. your own body. Your body does. I put the needles in. Your body figures it out the rest of the way. That's yep. kind of like I'm, I'm the guide to tell you, all right, there you go, body, figure it out. Now, nice. with the needles, they can they go into your muscle? Yes. If I'm treating pain, I will often have the needle go into the muscle. Sometimes mm -hmm. I will go close to somewhere called the neuromuscular junction, where mm -hmm. the nerve comes into the muscle like these little gecko feet. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes can create a contraction and then relaxation of the muscle. It's kind of weird to have your muscle contract without you being in control. Yeah. But it's pretty awesome, the, the relaxation that comes with that. Now, if it's someone's first session, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that, right? It's right. We're, we're going easy. You're going to work up to that. Absolutely. And the, the needle is going to go typically into the dermis. So mm -hmm. this is your second layer of skin. Sometimes mm -hmm. I'm going to get it into the hypodermis or subcutaneous area. Folks are familiar with that. That right. typically in like your hand, if you're going on, so the wrist, there's a point, a lung point on the wrist here. That's super thin tissue. We right right below the thumb. Okay. Yeah. Right below the thumb here. So we don't want to be going to, you don't have a lot of skin here. So right. you don't want to be jamming that in there because yeah, you touch the bone and that might hurt. No, granted mm -hmm. you can, there are needling techniques to touch the bone, which can sound super creepy to some folks. So that's a specific technique. But mm -hmm. when we're dealing with mental, emotional, spiritual issues, we don't be, we, we don't need to be touching bone. Right. We are going in very superficially because yeah. when you're stressed, your chi or energy fields are out a lot further than they normally would be. You're, you're like, people say auras, your, your aura is like a big old aura yes. because you're on hyper alert. Yes. You know, and, and a lot of people might resonate with this. You, you have a loud sound that happens. You jump out. You feel like you just jumped out of your skin. Yeah. That, that, that way chi and, and this chi that's outside of you as the Chinese call it, it's, it's your defensive chi. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to be needling very deep unless someone, one has had a couple of acupuncture sessions and we do decide to work on some of the pain. Right. But when I'm working strictly mental, emotional, spiritual stuff, we're doing quite superficial needling. And oftentimes I'm using a specialized type of needle that comes from Japan. Mm -hmm. They're called sarins and they're a lot thinner. They're even, even smaller than I said, 10 times. These are more like somewhere like 15, 20 times, you know, they're super thin wow. and specifically made for minimal noticing of the body to get those needles in there. Wow. I love that you're, you explained that. So tell us a little bit about um, what you can treat with acupuncture. In my last office, I had a connection with an acupuncturist uh, and, you know, naturopathic doctor. I used to send a lot of my people there um, just so that we could work in conjunction to some of the stuff that we were doing, because I find that to be more, it's additional and it's much faster recovery in terms of healing than if we were doing just one modality or one approach. So I'm really 
big on using multi, you know, modal experience um, to healing as opposed to just focusing on one thing and not everybody has access to one thing. So since you are on here, tell us a little bit about some of the things that you treat us um, treat with uh, acupuncture. So with acupuncture, you can kind of almost treat anything, really, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But some of the things that I would say I would highlight, mm -hmm. if you're angry and you're feeling frustrated and, and just super emotional, acupuncture can take that down for you. So it can be a mood adjuster. It mm -hmm. can treat PMS. So if you have cramps, you have period pain, you're getting kind of switchy, as mm -hmm. I would say, minus the B word, yeah. that kind of stuff. <laughs> You can have, I mean, acupuncture can help that as well. Gut issues, you know, bloating, acid reflux, all of that can be treated with acupuncture. I even, you know, headaches are one of my favorites to work mm. with acupuncture, any type of pain, of course. Mm. And then I kind of get into some of the stuff where we're looking at when folks have more of a, a urgency with their bladder, but not a bladder infection, I would not treat a bladder infection with acupuncture. Don't trust that the needles are going to get rid of a bacteria. Mm. But if there's a dysfunction where it's an urgency type of thing, and if we tie it back to stress and we know that it's maybe, you know, a stress reaction, bladder urgency, definitely acupuncture can help with that. We can also help with moving the lymphatic tissue. So if you get an area that that's got a lot more lymph nodes that are kind of all junked up. Mm -hmm. and, and when I say junked up, I mean that the, the lymph nodes are swollen. They mm. need circulation. Mm. Acupuncture can help with that. Now, if someone's thinking about chronic mono or something of that nature, no, it's not going to treat the chronic mono, but it'll help your body to clear those swollen lymph nodes out a little bit better and help you to be able to move forward to fight the, mm. the chronic mono infection. So Gosh, you know, those are kind of some biggies that I often see in my wow. office. Yeah. So yeah. It, it can kind of be anything really with that. I have a lot of my pregnant mothers in one of my pregnant mother groups. So kind of tell us a little bit about what that's like for people, mothers who are pregnant or breastfeeding or, you know, dads going through all the stress as a result of their family going through all the stress. So give us a little bit about what that can do for um, acupuncture can help with that. Yeah. So while someone's pregnant, you can totally get needles. There's certain spots that we don't want to needle because mm -hmm. they have, they can exert like a downward moving pressure. But a, my favorite for, for pregnancy is the ladies who've got the back pain mm -hmm. and the, the SI joints. So your pelvis pain mm -hmm. area, we can work on that. Any upper back pain that too mm -hmm. can be extremely useful. And I, I also hear they're good for nausea because a lot of my, or fertility for people who have difficulties with fertility. Yes. Yes. I actually, one of my, my, my past jobs, mm -hmm. I worked in a fertility clinic in Chicago mm -hmm. or right next to the fertility clinic in Chicago. Mm -hmm. We were kind of paired with yeah. them. And yeah, I, I absolutely fertility is, can be super enhanced with acupuncture. And I've also done it in conjunction with IVS and IUI cycles as well. So yeah, there is that side of it. And I've also had the dads in, in the room and we're giving the dads like a needle right here, guys, this is Yin Tong, the calming third eye point, yeah. calm dad down a little, get him chill. Yeah. So Great. I find that to be very useful uh, personally and, you know, just my, in terms of my patients and the people um, that I work with, that acupuncture is another very amazing treatment um, as a part of natural holistic healing. Uh, if you, if any of you, anyone going through a lot of unresolved trauma or, you know, going through a very high stressed environment um, can benefit from. So absolutely. Um, so tell us a little bit about some of the things that you find in terms of your work with 
with your naturopathy and nutrition and the fitness part of stress management? Sure, sure. So with the the naturopathic side of things, I like to test cortisol levels. I I really do. Cortisol Mm -hmm. is your stress hormone and it can tell you a lot about what's out of balance and what time of day to Mm -hmm. really start to hone in on your treatment. So for example, yes, you can throw adaptogenic herbs like the holy basils and the ashwagandhas and all these things. But if you have labs to tell us what the heck's going on with the cortisol, we can go, oh, do you actually have hired cortisol in the morning like you should? And then it comes down on a slow, gentle glide down. Mm. Or are you the opposite? Mm. And then in that case, don't we need to get the adaptogenic herbs to help you sleep at night and support melatonin at night and boost things back up in the mornings to give you energy. So a lot of times I use the, the saliva cortisol tests to, to help me know what the heck's going on. Now, wow. if someone else has hormone stuff, like mm. we're looking at insomnia mm-hmm. or like perimenopausal symptoms, or they're skipping periods a lot, or they haven't had a period for a couple months. Mm. I will look at the progesterone side of things and go, is the progesterone in the tank? Mm. And if it is, I'm like, okay, we got to take some progesterone at night to regulate some stuff out because that could be a huge game changer. The body steals making progesterone when it's higher on making the cortisol as of course, you know, but for you guys that are listening, I mean, there's some serious hormonal stuff that can be jacked with the more stressed you become. I I didn't have a period for like two and a half, almost three years because I was so stressed at a particular job, you know, a while back. Mm-hmm. And so these, these are real deal problems that even I have, you know, who has all the training was like struggling to get my period back because wow. yeah, the perfect segue, because that's one of the, the one of hormones are majorly affected as a part of stress and trauma and staying in that response. So tell us, because I know that a lot of times in depression, we'll talk about thyroid being off and, you know, um, all those things. So tell us about um, hormones and what happens when you're stressed and then how you can overcome that as a result of what you can do in your daily practices to um, help Sure. I know that's a very sure. big topic. So, um, <laughs> yeah. but we, do your best. <laughs> we can break it down. If, okay. if, so if you're super stressed and you've just started on the journey of being super stressed, let's put it that way. Yep. Your cortisol will tend to be higher. And yep. so yep. will something called DHEA. DHEA mm-hmm. is your precursor hormone to testosterone and estrogen. Hmm. DHEA is also down the line from progesterone. So progesterone kind of comes out first with something called pregnenolone, and then it's over on its own and goes down its own pathway. And then we have DHEA coming down and DHEA makes estrogen, testosterone, like I said, and estrogen, we have three estrogens. Hmm. And so with those three estrogens, we've got the inflammatory estrone. This is the one that causes us to gain weight, causes pain, makes us feel puffy. Estradiol, this is the good estrogen. This is the one that helps our bones our heart, our mental focus, all of that. And then we have estriol, which is the weak estrogen that's really great for helping with vaginal dryness. Mm. So if you're noticing your stress and then we get some vaginal dryness, sex becomes painful, you might be needing a little bit of help in estriol. There's totally like a bunch of over-the-counter creams these days. So we're, we're lucky. Mm. Now, testosterone, if you're super stressed and you're pushing down on the testosterone pathway, you're going to get some chin hair. You might get some neck hair, you might get some chest hair, upper back hair, or you might start losing hair up on the top of the head. Mm. Now, as you're, and this is for ladies, for guys, you know, having extra testosterone, most guys don't complain, but for us ladies, I don't know about you, but I don't like chin hair very much, not so (laughs) cool. So we got to figure out what to do about that. 
So this is kind of the presentation in terms of how hormones become off. If you're in the beginning stages of being stressed out, if you've been stressed out for a while, mm. or you've gone through some serious big T's, or you've had, and, and by that we mean traumas, or we're suffering PTSD or whatever's happened over time. And let's put it this way, you, and you haven't addressed the stressors, and you're waking up in the morning and you can't function, you can't get out of bed, you're super tired, chances are your cortisol is on the lower end of things. So you might not be making enough hormones to ovulate. So you might have infertility. You might not be making enough progesterone. So you can't sleep. Mm. Insomnia comes with deficiency and excess in terms of hormones. So tell us a little bit about insomnia, because that's a topic yeah. I'm obsessed with that um, 98% of my patients suffer from, as you see in your work as well. Um, so tell us a little bit about what causes insomnia, because sleep is a huge topic, and I'm not clearly not an expert at it. But um, I do notice that a lot of times when I get the emotional stuff and, you know, traumas under control, a lot of times it gets better with better routines and all of that stuff. But tell us, talk to us a little bit about sleep. Yeah. So one of the main things with sleep has to do, like I said, with, with deficiency of progesterone in ladies and guys too. This is a legit thing for guys. You don't need as much to replace as we do as women, but it can be a serious malfunction because progesterone helps support cortisol during the daily basis. And if we have too much cortisol, we're going to steal all that progesterone. And now we don't have enough progesterone to help us to get into that relaxed mode. And progesterone also highly connected to anxiety. So if there's not enough progesterone, we're gonna have anxiety. And so for a lot of the people, the evening time is the quieter time of the day. We're trying to wind down and the mind starts to come and the voices come and the, all the things that we've been trying to stay busy all day to avoid mm -hmm. come up. Mm -hmm. This is where the progesterone component you know, can be extremely helpful because it kind of takes the edge off things. It induces calm. The other side of sleep is that uh, sometimes we're deficient in magnesium mm. and magnesium is like, we chew it up when we're stressed mm. and just gobble it. Mm -hmm. This is a great time for evening routine to have some of the Epsom salt bath. If you're not into a bath, magnesium lotion or gel or spray can be extremely useful too. Mm -hmm. And what's happening here is magnesium is one of those minerals that is involved in helping us create hormones and neurochemicals that relax us. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the other aspects. The other big thing about sleep has to do with what's going on in our pineal gland mm -hmm. and the production of melatonin. Yeah, now, yeah. a lot of people will take melatonin and be like, I don't feel any different. Or they'll be like, I'm so freaking groggy the next day. This sucks. Well, melatonin is what suppresses cortisol overnight. And if you're not doing the shut down the screen time thing, you're like, yeah, forget it. I'm on my phone. So I go to bed. Okay. Well, you're doing yourself a disservice mm -hmm. because what's happening is you're sending that light through your eyes to that pineal gland and that plan's like, oh, it's still daytime. I'm going to keep the cortisol going. Yeah, that, you don't want that. I am so glad you mentioned that because there's a reason why, you know, these days there's a huge thing about warm light and all these phones and everything trying to do, you know, warm um, coloring or warm glasses for screen time and all of these things because of how important and how it affects all uh, elongated periods of using screen time and having screen time, uh, so to speak, that really causes a detriment to your eyes and all this other imbalances that it causes in our body. 
Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And honestly, I I, I have the flux, the f.lux thing on my phone and on my computer and tablets and stuff. But and it's great. But here's the thing. I really do think just cut the screen time off. I get the best results. Yes, 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 couldn't agree more. Um, mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. So what would you tell people for people whose progesterone levels or I, I like that you gave some examples of, you know, using lotions or um, outside topicals for magnesium, but what are some of the progesterone um, hacks or, you know, other things that you would natural um, in the natural realm that you would have people use or do um, as a part of their daily practices for sleep? Because sleep is a very intense thing. It's not yeah. everybody needs eight hours hours of sleep there's a whole science to sleep as well um different people's bodies and the way they're designed different you know like in sleep is also um there are different kinds of like polyphasic sleeping habits that you can have and all those different things as it relates to sleep but um what are some of the things that you would suggest for progesterone and other natural remedies that you would recommend for sleep I typically for progesterone, you can use bioidentical progesterone cream. You can get it over the counter. Now there's Emrita's, there's protocol for life balance. You could do that. I do recommend getting tested before you play with that though, yep. because progesterone has side effects and can cause acne. It can cause you to feel kind of sick and nauseous. So get tested saliva wise or talk to your doctor before you play with that. Yes. Now the, the other versions would be evening primrose oil. You Mm. can use a thousand milligrams of evening primrose oil from your mid cycle to start of your period. Mm. If you don't cycle, you could use it pretty much every day. And for some of my ladies, it just helps to use it every day anyway. And when I say every day, I do have to mention every night because you want to sleep. So it's an evening time thing to take usually after dinner. Mm. Um, Vitex, which is chaseberry can be extremely useful as well. This mm-hmm. one is one of the ones that there comes some precautions. So you might want to have a naturopath or a functional medicine doc or someone who's well-versed in using the herbs on board with you just because you can have some side effects with Vitex, otherwise known as chaseberry. Uh, I have some people that it just works out great. Now, other things that can boost your progesterone, sesame seed, sunflower mm-hmm. seed. Mm. super easy i have folks do two tablespoons of those guys in whatever they're eating for dinner yeah it's just like an added thing it's simple and this is mid-cycle to the start of your period and see how it goes Mm. and it's gentle it's non you know invasive and i will also pair it with some estrogen supporters so flax chia and pumpkin seed two tablespoons from period start a period to mid-cycle Mm, I love that. Um, definitely wouldn't recommend you try these things on your own because every person's situation is different and every person's healing process is different. So I'm really glad that you sort of put that disclaimer out there because it is important that before people start playing around with these things mm-hmm. and then wonder, hey, this doesn't work. It's not that the process doesn't work. It's just that you just have to be monitored by someone who is, you know, an expert at this. And so definitely finding someone and being under their supervision and being under their care so that they can fine tune what your body and what your health and mind are doing as a result of some of the things that you might be feeling. So definitely thank you for mentioning that. Um, what, 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 what is your take on melatonin as it relates to sleep? Well, you know, I typically will have people get tested. Mm-hmm. It's the easiest way to know, like, should you use melatonin to help you with cortisol suppression overnight? Mm-hmm. And the Dutch test, so it's not coming from anyone that's Dutch. This is the dried urine um, testing comprehensive of co- testing of comprehensive hormones test. I always have to like use my fingers to figure out what all Dutch means, yeah. but they have a great, 
uh, measurement of your cortisol metabolism, how you break down cortisol, but they also talk about how melatonin is broken down and your levels of melatonin. Because a lot of people will take melatonin and not feel so great. There's been some yeah. studies that say, don't use melatonin because it's going to mess with X, Y, or Z. Right. That goes back to get yourself tested. Don't play around with guessing like, oh, I'll try this. Oh, I'll try that. The only Even time if it's I'll- natural. Yeah. Right, right. The only time I'll use melatonin without testing is if you're flying overseas. And mm. that, it, yeah. it, that's truly where it has its merit is with jet lag. Right. But otherwise- because I know a lot of my patients will just pop melatonin for lack of sleep. And I'm just like, I, it, do, it doesn't help them. And they know that it doesn't help them. And it added, adds a second layer of stress as in, hey, I'm popping all this melatonin and it's not doing anything. Um, yeah, for sleep, I highly recommend getting tested as to where your cortisol is at. And considering saliva cortisol is kind of like your basic to tell you what's going on there. And, and ZRT lab is the one that I use for the saliva testing. They can also, they have a, a test that tells you uh, about the nighttime, uh, a cortisol awakening response, which tells you basically, are you having trouble with, with melatonin and too much cortisol overnight? And then the Dutch test does the same thing. Anyone who has insomnia should look and see what's going on because chances are it's a couple different things, especially if you're struggling, it could be low progesterone, cortisol's too high, you know, or you're not metabolizing cortisol. So cortisol is high and it won't break down very mm, well. For you. Mm. So this adds another level of difficulty, but instead of playing with like throwing at, you know, some, and, and I'm guilty of this with, with folks in the past, I've, I've just decided now that I'm, I'm done guessing, but right. I've used things like glycine. Glycine is an amino acid that helps mm-hmm. with repair and recovery of the muscles. Mm-hmm. I've now kept that for if someone's running a marathon or working out very intensely in the evening and struggling to go to go to sleep, that could be a great thing to help induce sleep. Mm-hmm. But I, I've, I'm done playing with things like rhodiola. I'm done playing with things like rolora. Rolora is a combination of philodendron and magnolia bark, which mm-hmm. helps lower cortisol overnight. But for some people, it, it doesn't work if they're not metabolizing cortisol properly. So there's lots of intricacies to think about in this. And, and especially before you give up and say, none of the herbs work for me, nothing's working for me, go get tested and then see how to dial yeah. it better. And even with naturopathy, it's just like any anything else, you know, uh, it's really important that you find just because you got discouraged once and one person you went to were not able to have the answers. I think it always doesn't hurt to have another second opinion in that field. I know we don't find very many people practicing it but there, there there can be I mean you know so um just knowing you know if one practitioner doesn't work maybe they're not the right fit for you and getting a second opinion of what can be done um before completely giving it up right right yeah. um yeah. so tell us how people can find you and everything uh, that you talk about on your podcast and you know that part of your world <laughs> All right. So you can find me on my website at Dr. Spelled out jakekrausnd.com. And that's where my podcast lives. If you want to catch up on all the past podcasts, I'm also on Stitcher, iTunes, all those different things, sure. Spotify. So anywhere you get your podcast, you will find me. And the name of my podcast is The Health Fix. I and I also that. have, <laughs> I love your energy and how you're like, hi, health junkies. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's part of a love for teaching, but also part of a love for kind of looking to see like what what else is there? What yes. else is there for me to find answers? Because I find so many people will will give up on their health, and I yes. don't. 
that at all. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I'm here to kind of help support that. And that's where my, my group comes in, find your health fix. We're there to, you know, I kind of post on different health things and, and related to the podcast of the week. And we just use it to, to help folks figure out what, what might work for them. It's all about education. Absolutely. And Knowledge is power. I'm very big on that. If you're going through something in life and you find yourself stuck, I think it's about finding practitioners, finding experts, finding books, finding podcasts, finding resources, communities, support groups. So much of all of that exists and plethora of that, that it's just a matter of plugging yourself in and getting all that knowledge that you need to how to get yourself unstuck. Because one of the reasons why we feel so fearful of the uncertainty and, you know, not knowing what to do next after we're so fright, you know, fight or flight or frozen when, when we go through certain events or certain phases of our life, I think it's really important to look into all of these different holistic, you know, healing modalities that exist and looking at healing from what can I do? Where can I find? Who can I be connected to? And where can I plug in so that I can find myself doing better or, you know, changing my ways of doing things so I can be more solution oriented as in, as opposed to feeling stuck in the problem that you're in. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the way, that's the name of the game. Yes. That's the the game. <laughs> and that's why I invited you health junkie on the show with me because I, <laughs> love love your energy and everything that you have to teach and the just your sense of being so thank you so much for being here um also i know that i am um you also have an insta handle so would you be so kind yes. to let people know that i'll put all of that in my show notes um sure, sure. it's doctor so just dr and then janine j-a-n-n-i-n-e and then kraus k-r-a-u-s-e all kinds of tidbits there and once in a while i show up on the stories and do some silly stuff <laughs> Great. I love, love, love what your um, account is all about. That's I found you uh, through one of your posts that we totally discussed today, which was called Overwhelm and how to handle that. So really, really amazing um, work that you do. And just thank you for offering us all this knowledge and just your being uh, on the show. Really feeling blessed and grateful for you being here. Thank you. Thanks, Kunjini. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And um, like all the time, as I mentioned to you guys, thank you so much for tuning in today and subscribe so you never miss an episode and all this important, amazing wealth of nuggets and inspiration from people that come on the show and be, be so kind to rate and review us so that we can keep the longevity of the show and keep it going. So thank you so much for tuning in today. And until next time, hope you have a blessed day. Bye-bye.